God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you. Oh, man. I'm excited to be here, Lord. Um, I know that you have something, Father, for each and every one of us. I just pray that we wouldn't miss it. I'm just so, so thankful. God, I pray for hearts that are hurt, broken, uh, those that the noise of life is so high and uh, so loud that they can't hear. I pray right now that volume would be turned down. Um, I pray hard hearts would melt. And God, I pray you would help me to preach your word and only your word. And uh, I'll give you all the glory. In Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. How you guys doing today? Nice. Hey, um, so I wanted to take a second. It's not my notes. I was thinking about something today when I was walking around listening to that first song. And um, that song, Shake. So a little, little back story for you. When I first, that's actually a song I suggested. I only tell you that. I don't typically do that. So if you don't like it, blame me. Um, now, when I first put that song, like suggested that song, originally I was like, hey, we should do this for a, like a worship experience, something different, you know, something high energy, which is coming up. And <clears throat> I'm not going to say names, but uh, a lot of people dislike the song. They, they, they literally don't, don't like the song. And, and some of it's v- valid, right? It's not our style. It's all this kind of thing. And, and I feel like, stay with me, I have a point, that song if, you're, if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like certain styles. It does kind of sound like a sock hop at the beginning. I remembered that word yesterday, right? 50s song? No? No? Jenny's like, I've never heard of a sock hop. Yeah, it's a 50s. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's really cool. And the whole idea being, man, you can't help but dance if you really, and shake if you think about the fact, the reality of life. And I want to take a second because when you're doing series, depending on the series, they have different feels. You know, when you're talking about the holiness of God, your mind's kind of like, oh, solemn and, and in and focused and like, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. And it pushes you. And when it comes to stuff like this, it can, it can be, it's easy to get caught up in sort of like you sort of forget God in it. And it becomes just, yeah, it's good stuff, but it's more about becoming something. And it's more about goal setting. And it's more about, you know, bettering yourself and all kinds. And that's not wrong. But you kind of forget some facts. And, and I'm talking particularly to the remnant folk here. Not If you're a guest, hey, awesome. I'm going to assume that you're not like a remnant folk. Um, but here's the thing. There's a tendency to, to make the extraordinary ordinary. That's what we have with humans. That's what we do. So in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, not my notes, okay. Uh, starting at verse, verse 5 says it, but it's really the whole setting. And Peter says, the whole section, Peter says, And we are like living stones. Coming together to create a royal priesthood. And on the service, you're like, I don't understand. Rocks are not priests. That makes no sense to me. What are you talking about? Until you realize and think about what the temple was like. That people had to go to this temple and that God's presence, right? He wasn't really limited to this building, but he was separated from us in order to remind us of his holiness, to remind humanity that you are separated from me. And you have to do all these things just to stand in my presence. And isn't it funny how humans are? And you guys, if, if you can imagine today, Moses. You know, Jesus says, Moses and the prophets would have longed to see what you're seeing. To be what you are. They would have looked at us and gone, how are these people going? I didn't get my coffee. Or your negativity or whatever else it is because they would go, do they not recognize they're in the Holy of Holies? Do they not recognize that they are in the very presence of the living God? God is here. Here's the thing. And and Mandy said something. I know what she meant, but I out loud said this. I said, you can't stop God. 
She said, Lord, we don't want to stop you. And I got what she meant. And really what it is is like, listen, we can't stop God. We just miss him. You see, he's doing stuff. He's moving. He does it. And and the crazy thing about God is he offers this, this opportunity. He never forces it. He offers this. Yeah, there's a weird echo. Fix it, guys. People are distracted. Uh, someone's head goes, woo. Anyway, it was, it was uh, Krista. Uh, <clears throat> when we do this, when we miss it, when we turn the volume of life up, when in your arrogance, and I, I don't mean to offend you, but I kind of do. Because when you put your coffee, your sleep, your problems, when you can sit there and arrogantly think you've heard everything, oh, that's not you, right? You are missing what God is doing. He doesn't force it. Look in the Gospels. I, I say this all the time. People are like, oh, you know, Jesus gives the example of the prodigal son. It's beautiful, right? He says, I go and I find the, ni- the, the one, right? And I'm going to celebrate, leave the 99. That's all beautiful. But at the same time, those are people that are a part of his flock. He doesn't chase people. Did you know Jesus didn't chase people? He said, follow me. And if people weren't willing to move, rich young ruler said he loved him. He said he did good things. He said that he kept the commandments, right, the best he could. It actually said Jesus smiled and loved the man. And when the man said, walked away sad, leaving many possessions, Jesus just looked at his disciples and said, right, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. He didn't go, no, 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 I'll wait for you here, or I'll come and chase you, or go ahead and wait until you feel like dropping it. He didn't say that. He's not saying today, it's okay, I'll wait till you wake up. It's okay, I'll wait till your caffeine hits. It's okay, I'll wait till your marriage is better. God is calling you now. Your faith is dry, it's not God's fault. You're overcome with anxiety, it's not God. You're struggling with depression, not God. You have relationship problems, not God. You have an opportunity today. I, like, I, I pick on everybody a little bit, right? I pick on myself first. I promise I do. But some of you people, too, you think, you know, you're, you're, you're above the age of 30, typically is what it is. That's when full arrogance sets in. And there's a different kind of arrogance under that. And you're above 30, you're like, you know, I've already heard all this. I know how to be a good woman and a good man. I've done it my whole life. No, you don't. You forget, just like you forget that you're a high priest, just like you forget that you're in the Holy of Holies. It's too easy to do. So when we talk about shaking, come back to that song, sometimes I'm like, listen, you don't have to like the song, but if you don't like the message, something's wrong. Most of the time, it's because you're self-conscious. Let me tell you something. If you're self-conscious in worship, you're not worshiping. You're not. You're focused on, what if people think I look weird or sound weird? You probably do, but the truth is I'm not focused on you. Unless you're bellowing to be heard above everyone else, right? It's not real. No one's focused on you. So right now I could see it. Some of you worship members, I can't wait. You know, I did my job, and now I'm going to take a little nap here until it's time to go. Yeah, I'm picking on you too. No, don't miss it. I don't have to, well, Todd, if you would preach a, you know, a, more, a better exegetical sermon, I could get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. First off, you probably don't even know what the word exegetical means. You heard Grandpa Joe say it, and now you've just been saying it your whole life. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter if the messenger is flawed. The message is never flawed. Okay, so if you don't like me, here's the promise today. There is scripture here. You can get something from it. Don't miss it today. Don't miss it because this is ordinary. While people in China have to hide with one page of the Bible by candlelight. 
while Christians are being beheaded in different countries in the Middle East. But you, hey, you go ahead and wait till you, uh, your, your Starbucks hits. Or you're going to wake up. You're going to turn the volume down on life. You're going to be intentional. Sometimes we think like when it comes to God, sermons, they got to catch our attention. But guess what? You say you are. You're a goldfish then. Here, let me put some bait on. Come here. Right? <laughs> That's what you do. Is that what you want to be? Do you want to be a goldfish or do you want to be a king and a queen? Remnant folk, that's to you. Wake up. And if you are, you know, I'll fend the guest. Heck, why not? If, you, if you're in for your three-month church visit, wake up. It doesn't have to be here. But don't fool yourself that you're following God when you don't do what he tells you to do. Well, my God does this. Cool. I don't know who he is, but I know Jesus. He tends to call me places I don't want to go. Mini sermon for the sermon. Anyway, hey, don't miss it today. Back to the actual point of today. <laughs> Welcome to Kings and Queens. What is this series about? This series is about you being a king and a queen. You know, the Bible tells us that we are made in the image of God. I know that, Todd. I learned that in preschool. But what does that mean? What does it mean to know? You know, I always view, I'm kind of a nerd. And I think He-Man. Any He-Man people here? I'm the only one too old? Yeah. Well, there's a He-Man, and I remember this as a kid, and he had this handprint in his chest, and I don't really remember why. Okay, and it might have been like a clone or something. I don't know. It doesn't really matter, talking about clones. Can you imagine someone coming in right in this moment? It could have been a clone. Anyway, and I always think of that when I think of God, when I think of what we are, is that his handprint is on us. Well, I don't believe in that. That don't matter. A skunk doesn't have to believe it stinks. It still stinks because it's a skunk. You have a handprint. You have that you are made in the image of God. And because of that, it comes with certain titles. It comes with certain responsibilities. It comes with something you are called to be. It doesn't even matter if you're living that way. You're called to be it. We're to rule, right? Rule this creation in his name. It says that. Subjugate. Put our authority. Put his authority. Rule in his name. Which becomes, you know, that was the way it was made at the beginning when everything's perfect. It's, it's so, much, so much harder and it's so much more, I wouldn't say it's more valuable, it's always been valuable, but it's so crucial when we have another kingdom, a domain of darkness, vying over the same place until the king returns. And make no mistake, friends, the king is coming. And you can bow now or you can bow then. One is by choice, one is by you have no option. And I have a feeling for a lot of us in this world, when the king comes back, he's not going to look or act the way we think he's going to in our flesh. So we are called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are called to be kings and queens. Todd, that is so wrong. There's only one king. I'll say it again. King of kings. Lord of lords. There's an indication there, right? Co-heir with Christ. Co-heir. We should be more than that. Last week we focused on men, right? And ladies, I threw a little bone at you at the end, okay? <clears throat> P.S., ladies, I'm going to pick on remnant women again. You missed, some of y'all missed the point. I heard. I think what he wants me to do is take more time and be prettier. Mm-mm. That's part of it. But why is it you don't focus on the stuff that you don't want to do? You guys know what a standard bearer is? 
Anyone? Raise your hand if you know what a standard bearer is. Nice. Fellow nerds, probably. All right? Standard bearers are awesome. We still have them in the military, right? You have those? Yeah, you have them. <clears throat> Got our soldier up here. Yeah, so a standard bearer, when I think of it, I think of a knight. But they've been around for the longest time. Roman Empire had them. And so I'm going to give you sort of a definition. You can look this up. It's, it's, you can look this in Wikipedia. But I think they do a good job of making it very simple for us. In warfare, the standard bearer, they carried the flag. Think of it that way. Yeah, the people that carried the pennant or the flag, the symbol. In warfare, the standard bearer acted as an indicator of where, of where the position of a military unit was. With the bright, colorful standard or flag acting as a strong visual beacon to the surrounding soldiers. Soldiers were typically ordered to follow and stay close to the standard or flag in order to maintain unit cohesion, in order to stay together. And for a single commander, this is so good, to easily position his troops by only positioning his standard bearer. Oof. David, come on, really? You get that? That's good. Go on further. It says, it was an honorable position carrying a considerable risk as a standard bearer would be a major target for the opposing side's troops to capture the standard or pull it down. In Roman times, if, if the standard bearer died or the pennant was stolen because typically of a god, then they've lost the favor of their god. They've lost the battle. Sometimes in certain battles, you could win the entire battle by just taking out the standard bearer. The other army's like, it's over. Or the army's like, it's over. It was a position of high honor. In fact, when you, some of my research in Roman times, it said that the standard bearer was considered a god among men. Isn't that crazy? Because they, they had to be the best of the best, the bravest, the brightest, all of those things. And often, particularly early on, they would, would be next to the king, next to the commander. You guys still hearing a weird echo? No? It's just me? Okay. <laughs> So in Roman times, the standard bearers, the best of the best, courageous, bold, they were a symbol of everything that a soldier, that a member of the unit should be. That continued all the way through medieval times. A lot of paintings during the Renaissance, during the Reformation, those classic paintings are actually of standard bearers. So if you're a painter and you want to get a lot of honor, you go because a lot of times they were the, the best looking the, they were noble looking, and you would paint them because they would be such perfect examples. They led the way. And then later on, we know, right, they pointed the people towards the goal. Because if their goal was to keep the unit together, then wherever the standard went was where the goal of the unit was going, right? Make sense? Love that. We need standard bearers today. I'm serious. We call it culture setters here, but that's how I've always seen it. I guess I never realized it, David. It was a standard bear in my head. He had the flag, and he put it in the ground. He said, I'm not moving. We need standard bears, people that carry the standard with courage, that aren't ashamed, and whom others can rally around, that they can remind people of who they really are, what they should be, and where they're really going. What if a standard bearer was tired that day? Let me just go ahead and lay this down. I don't want to. Well, I don't like the king today. Mm. No. They care, had to care about the unit, didn't they? Can you imagine that? In fact, if you look this up, standard bearers, as time went on, didn't carry a weapon. Did you know that? They did not carry a weapon because their job was not, that wasn't their job. 
Their job was for everyone else. To be the standard, to be the symbol. I like the idea even when the king, where's the king at? Rally around him. We need standard bearers. Last week we talked a lot about men, and this week we're going to talk about women. Because we need women who will carry the standard. Well, Todd, you're a man. I know, that makes me uniquely qualified for this. Ladies, we need women that are willing to carry the standard and willing to stand up and stand out no matter how unpopular that standard might be. You see, you've been brainwashed. You have been brainwashed. You're too smart for that. And I know it happened since you were a baby. You've been brainwashed. And I would hate to say it. You're like, well, I grew up in the church. You've been brainwashed by the church. You've been brainwashed. You've been told that much of what makes you special as a woman, what makes you uniquely created in the image of God, I'm not talking about makeup, and I'm not talking about, I don't wear dresses, Todd. I'm not talking about any of that. Though, if you're afraid of wearing them, I wonder who attacked your beauty at some point in life. But anyway, we need people. You've been, you've been brainwashed to believe that everything unique about you is weak. I hear it all the time. I was talking to someone last week. Why does submission to a husband bother you so much? Because it's weak. It's pathetic. He's a Christian. Who told you that? God? God didn't tell you that. Because let me tell you something. You're calling Jesus weak and pathetic. Because it said that Jesus submitted to the Father. But you are better than that, right? You're not weak like him. Now, ladies, you're different. I've learned this over time. I, I typically am not, I cannot talk to you like I talk to men. It sometimes will discourage you. I've learned this. I mean that. Like, I'll be like, come on, let's get going. And they're like, why are you yelling? I was like, because we have a goal. Come on. <laughs> right? I've heard that scene, right, uh, against the Giants. All right, that's it, right? Facing the Giants. I don't know why I said against the Giants. Role-playing game. Anyway, uh, D&D. Uh, facing the Giants, right? It's about football on the scene where the guy's bear crawling, right? And he's yelling at him. And I don't know if you're a guy, but every time I'm like, Ugh. Right? I remember once, I think it was Mandy, was like, that would make me, I don't know why that's inspiring. I would just quit and lay down. I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> right? That's what, yeah. A lot of women are like, yeah, that's true. Okay, so I say that. Trying not to be the coach, right? Because the guys, I'm like, suck it up. We got to be better. And you're like, yeah, we do. And then the women are like, no, we should just kill ourselves. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My point is, so, I, but I am going to tell you truth. You ha we, have, we need women to be queens, not talk queen talk, but live queen lives, walk queen walks. I'm coming to get you. Josh, get him. You already know I'm a squirrel. I'm going to notice. I'm not that guy. I try. Whoever that was is never coming back. I love you. I'm not really mad at you. So that's what we need. Because what women, what you're dealing with, and it goes with for marriage too, right? Think about it. You've been brainwashed. Men are jokes to you. Don't you? I see the memes. I see the stuff you share. Someone the other day shared on my, you know, wall. I, I, I shouldn't get on Facebook because I just end up starting to type stuff and then I quit, right? Because I'm like, I shouldn't send that. Because anyway, 
Uh, and it's, it did the whole joke of like, what has ears but never listens, right? Someone shared that. And I saw s- five to ten comments of my husband. <laughs> yeah, my husband too. <laughs> it's funny, huh? You see how that's a subtle brainwashing? And I know at least one of them says they're a Christian. I mean, they probably are. You're not a Christian just because you, you brainwashed, right? I certainly don't act. But I'm saying culturally, what does that say? I don't know if they have sons. What does it say about their, what do their sons think? Oh, we are stupid. And then it becomes this cycle. Well, you raise men to believe that's what they are. Why would it, why value them? So instead of following the standard of God, we wear masks, right, ladies? You need a little primer here. Instead of being who God's called you to be, you adopt identities. Pretty brave. I had, uh, I'm not going to say, I had at least one, a couple ladies text me and say, hey, Todd, what mask do you, I think two, what mask do you think I wear? And I was like, oh, boy. I took real time with that because that's a brave thing to ask, right? Puts me in an interesting spot. But I think that's cool because it means there are two things. One, they, may, they recognize they may be unaware of the things that they do. Right? That's a lot of times. Sometimes, you know, we've worn these masks since childhood. We can forget their masks. We have to be reminded. So, ladies, let's talk about the mask before we go on today and talk about what it is to be a standard bearer. Go ahead and throw it up. I'm, gonna, I'm following you today. Right? The mask of women. We have the martyr. The martyr. She is always wronged. She's never wrong because it's always someone else's fault. She often finds a man who wants to be good He wants to be good because he's easily manipulated through guilt. That's very serious and important. See, a lot of you martyrs, you want to know? You've controlled your husband through guilt because you are always, you always do more than him. And it's a funny thing, you ready? The standard changes. He's like, hey, look, I did the dishes, but you didn't vacuum. I vacuumed. Couldn't you do that? Did you miss it? What's wrong with you? Is held accountable, if held accountable, she's, quote, being spiritually abused or that mindset. They're using the Bible against me. I didn't write it, right? It's always someone else's fault, often withdraws. And listen, they're not aggressive people, so you're going to feel sorry for them because typically they, they, it, they can paint a good story. It's always someone else's fault. Often withdraws when she doesn't get what she wants or needs. It's okay. I don't need anything. And then you go, okay, I guess you don't need anything. No one loves me. Serves to get. They always remind you of everything they've done. And is always a martyr. It's okay. I'll, I'll take it. Right? It, it. The heart of there, right, the idea of being a martyr, so I put in quotes, is it comes from a good thing, right? But it's twisted. Two. One man, get it? One man, because <laughs> the man's man's all capitalized. Yeah, aggressive, domineering. She's a woman. Hear her roar. You better move with me. Oh, I'm quick today. All right. She demands and commands those around her, including her husband, if she's married. And if not, she just walks around, do what I say. And here's the weird part, man. We'll get to that. You do it. And that's why you get randomly mad about Taco Bell, right? 
You ever notice that? If you're a guy, I know I'm not supposed to talk to you yet. But a lot of times a guy that's with a woman, he is typically a gentleman. And what he does is he kind of cowers and then he, he, he gets dominated in all the important things like money and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden she brings him like a wrong taco. I'm talking about it's like, this is stupid and throws it across the room. And you're like, and then it just feeds her like, he's such a moron. When the truth is, it's because he feels in control of nothing and so loses it when the smallest of thing because at least he can be mad about the taco. But that's none of the ladies in here, right? You don't do that. She threatens to get her way, typically by taking away. If you're married, I'm not giving you sex. Ooh. Well, you don't say that, though, right, because you're a good Christian. It's just you're always tired. Oh, I'm going to mix a little martyr in there. I'm angry. I'm upset. I'm unfulfilled. You're not fulfilling me. How dare you? She needs no one. By the way, it's not just married folk. You don't need anyone. You know, ladies, I, I'm about to get some of you. So I can't, I've personally done this. I'll see you coming in carrying 18 boxes. I've watched you drop it five times. I've watched you. Because I'll typically go, well, because I, I, know, I know when you're kind of wearing the woman mask. I know you, I love you, and I'm like, well, if I go out there, I know what's going to happen. I'll just kind of watch. Maybe if they drop the potatoes 12 times, eventually I'll be able to help. I go out and go, hey, can I carry this? I think I got it. You want me to get the door? No. Right? You don't need anyone. He believes femininity to be weak and worthless. Even if you won't say it, your life shows it. When I say the word femininity, you go, he's put a stereotype on me. You're a woman. That's not a stereotype. Todd, you're talking. Oh, man, I'm about to do it, Luke. I'm about to upset people. You're talking about gender. You're talking about gender. Don't put your gender on me. Okay, well, I am an emperor. I've decided. Kiss my feet. I'm an emperor. Kiss it. Why won't you guys aren't no one's moving to kiss my feet? Why not? Right? I'm Peter Pan. Let me go jump off a building. I can fly. Listen, you don't dictate reality. I'm sorry, you don't. So we've taken taste and made it identity. Isn't that interesting? And then demonized anyone that goes, yeah, this is kind of weird, Todd. You're not actually an emperor, but you're pretending. How dare you? You hate me. Hey, I don't think you should jump off there. I don't actually think you're Peter Pan. Don't you see me wearing Peter Pan clothes? I'm Peter Pan. Right? By the way, that's a mask, too. It's, it's heartbreaking. But anyway, has to be in control. I bet there's no woman's in here, huh? Nobody uses that mask. I see people going, all right, I get it, I get it. I had to be on the man. All right, move on, I got to move. I'm getting stuck on this. The mouse. Now, listen, on the surface, these, you know, these, this is one thing. These people aren't, a lot of times, even the woman, right, the people that wear that mask, it doesn't mean that you're evil. It doesn't even mean that you, that you may be doing that out of hurt. You've been hurt enough, you're learning how to, how to cope with that. And the mouse, it's more easy to see, right? You're meek, they're frightened, they're scared. You ever meet those people? They're beat down. I remember one specifically very early in the church, at our church. Heartbreaking story. Husband was a jerk. Came to me and said, Todd, I, this is an aside. Hey, Todd, I, I, he never came with her, had a bunch of kids. He's I want to, I, I need, I'm going to divorce him. What do you think? And I knew it was coming. And I said, okay, well, what's your reason for divorce? She tells me, and, I, and it stunk because my flesh goes, that guy is a terrible person. He is a terrible man. And yet I have to go, you don't have a biblical reason to divorce him. 
separate, you know, all that, but you don't. She left the church, to this day does not like me. It's funny, I gave her tons of reasons to leave and not like me, but she left on what God said, not me. He blames me for it. Hurt has caused her to hide. She was a mouse, though, that was my point. Hurt has caused her to hide. She tries to avoid anything that would rock the boat. I just got to stay out of the way. Dutiful but not passionate. Will often do the duties but is not passionate because it's fear-based. Willing but okay with it because, I'm sorry, wilting but okay with it because it's safe. You ever seen a flower wilting? It's sad. Sometimes you can save them, right? You put a little water on there, put them in the sun. Has let failings, abuse, and brokenness create her identity. And has let light, I always think this, has I put this in quotes because this is the way I see it, has let life steal her light. Lonely and often looks to books, TV, etc. to experience a fantasy life. I love books, but you know the ones I mean, right? The people. It's sad. And that doesn't mean if you're the... If you're the mouse that you have, uh, you know, that you are the, you may have a valid reason that you want to wear that mask, but here's the thing. Do you think God wants you to wilt? Wants you to live in fear? Wants you to be not passionate? Wants you to have to be dutiful but, and not passionate about serving him because you're doing it more out of fear of what will happen if you don't? All right, moving on. Now I got you. I just try to trick you guys sometimes. They're so cool. The seductress, right? You're charming, attractive, smooth. Knows how to get what she wants by using her body and words. Even if she does not physically seduce, she will use emotional seduction. Ooh, that's an interesting word. You know what emotional seduction is? You will come and you will be, let me be that for you all the time. And you don't do it out of, like it's not wrong, right? But you're doing it out of the control, out of getting identity from it. Right? Takes her identity from the attention she gets from men. Guys, you can't always, ladies, you can't always, everyone, you can't always see a seduction. They're not walking around wearing a lingerie. Okay, that's not, what, that's not what it is. Often feels in control, but inside is often used and confused. And feels in control by using her body, flattery, and emotional connection. A lot of times, as, as confident as they seem, they don't have any confidence. And then we have the queen, which, go ahead and throw that up if we got it. Right, who you really are. Follows the king, imitates her father, serves. Right, The queen and the king, right, they take the good qualities of the masks and they live out of what they're really supposed to be without it being twisted. Confident with no need to prove it. Passionate in her own way. Right, Passion isn't always a loud mouth like me. You can be passionate and not as loud. Loves life. Wants to respect men, especially her husband if she's married. But even if not, I get this all the time. Ladies, you know that? You, you, why would you not respect your brothers in Christ? They're made in the very image of God too. But they're jerks, okay. <laughs> I ain't seeing you walk on water. Anyway, as the image bearers and kings that they are. Wants to take care of herself Meaning physically. Todd, you are trying to put the patriarchy on me. But why? Because I want you to value yourself enough to put effort into who you are? Because you sure as heck expect men to, even if you're a lady that doesn't. If I walk in here stinky with my pants down and mud on my 
shirt and all that, you'll be right in the corner going, ha, ha, ha. But I say it to you, and it's the patriarchy. That just means men put that on you. All right? That's what you think. Wants to take care of herself, not to prove her beauty, but because she is beauty. I've told you this before, and I mean it. There's a lot of ladies in here like, I'm not beautiful. Yeah, you are. I've met one ugly woman in my life. True story. As guy, I'm not, listen, I'm not nice enough to try to, like, charm the ladies in this room by being like, oh, oh Todd said women are beautiful. That's not me. I'm not that guy. I'm telling you the truth. I, God honest, I think women are, as much as everyone thinks I hate women, I don't know why they think that, because I like men, because I'm a man, and it's like, you must hate women. No. Anyway, it's another very passionate thing I'm about. I don't hate women. <laughs> um. <laughs> get off topic all the time. That's just who I am as a person. What was I talking about? Anyone? Ugly women. Thank you. Yeah, I met one ugly woman. I met one ugly woman. And here's the truth. It was her insides that made her. I promise you. I could not look. This is going to sound cruel. One person in my life, physically she wasn't that ugly, probably. I can't even lie. I'm saying that. I think other people didn't think she was. I could not look at her face. Her insides were so ugly, man. That, that's true. That stuff shows. Don't walk around thinking you're not beautiful, okay? I promise you, people see it still. Because beauty, right, charm and beauty, all that stuff that we think is what beauty is, is fleeting. Real beauty does come from within. But here's the thing, don't fool yourself. A lot of times, the way we take care of ourselves shows how we value the beauty inside. Right? She shows the glory of God through her femininity, not through trying to be a man. So we're going to talk today, moving forward. I just want to catch everybody else in case you weren't here. By the way, that's not really a mask. That's an identity. That, that's who you are. That's who you're meant to be. <clears throat> Does that look different ways? Sure. Some ladies wear dresses and some don't like it and wear pants. There ain't an issue with that. I'm not telling you you got to be carbon copies or, you know, cultural standards are different in China than here, right? Whatever that is, we're talking about things that are deeper than, than just how you dress. Effort can look different, right? So we're going to talk about being a standard bearer, though. And I'm going to do so today. I'm going to give you specific traits by looking at the section I brought up the first week that a lot of you ladies hate that grew up in the church. I have heard it. Proverbs 31. I love just getting y'all riled up and angry. <clears throat> it just gets me excited. Because when you're angry, you're going to at least have to, I think you're smart. I actually look around and I think you ladies are smart. And I think that you being angry, eventually you're going to go, why am I angry? And that's where I got you. And by me, I mean the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Because I'm going to, here's my argument, my thesis statement. I don't believe that, that what this is suggesting is unrealistic. Which is what you've been told. Because again, yes, if you think it's literally talking about selecting wool and flax and making clothes with your hands, yes, that might be unrealistic with some. But that's not what it's talking about when it uses that symbolism. Make sense? I'll throw a podium right now. Are you with me? Men, are you able to stay focused? I know you're squirrels like me, even though we're talking about ladies. P.S., men, if you take what I'm saying today and go abuse your wife with it, by telling her everything she's not, mask. You're not a king. There, now, do I think it's okay to remind people of Scripture and who they want to be? Sure. But there's a difference, right? Using something as a weapon. Ladies, you do it too, by the way. You ain't being no king. Right? 
Well, you ain't being a queen. And then we're in an ugly mess. Anyway, we're going to start. So starting Proverbs 31, starting in uh, verse 10. Man, I got something for you so, so good as a little hint. We're going to talk about a Proverbs 31 man. That's good. No? I think it is. All right. 10, because it shocked me over the years, because there's a part before 10. 10. Okay, we're going to start there. I'm reading from the HCSB. If you're using an app, feel free. I love the sound of the pages turning, those of you who kept reading it. Who can find a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. Oh, man. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. (laughs) She selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. She's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. We're going to talk about this stuff, but boy, think, let that sin, what does that mean? You just kind of read over that part because you're like, that makes no sense to me. God doesn't put stuff in there that doesn't have a meaning. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from far away. Huh. She rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. She evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She draws on her strength and reveals that her arms are strong. That Proverbs 31 woman, what a weakling. She sees that her prophets are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She extends her hands to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. Her hands reach out to the poor and she extends her hands to the needy. Who's that sound like? Jesus. She's not afraid for her household when it snows, for all her household are doubly clothed. When hard times come, she doesn't fall apart because she's helped prepare her household. She makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Ladies, I'm about to, this is so beautiful. Purple, the color of what? Royalty. There's a reminder. <clears throat> her husband is known, you're like, if, you're, if you're single, you're like, ah, this, there's nothing for me now. Yeah, it does. Think of the trait. That would be behind this. Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of the land. That's interesting. So you would go, well, that's on him, right? His, somehow he's an elder of the land. Oh, this is so good. I'm getting goosebumps. You don't believe me because I have a jacket on, but this is good. Listen, his honor, his position, his uh, ambition, his, the heights that he has reached, he puts it in here for a reason. She had something to do with that. She is such a good woman that her husband is known at the city gates and he sits among the elders of the land. Somehow his wife, this woman, is viewed so highly that other men want that man to be a leader of them. Let that sink in, man. And women. Ladies, think of that. She makes and sells linen garments. She delivers belts to the merchants. What an interesting thing. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. I love that picture. At the time to come. That can be translated, right, at, at tough times. She doesn't get nervous when she's like, oh, there's a storm coming. Everybody's running away, and she laughs at it. Why? Is it because she's perfect? Is it because she's good? Is it because she doesn't get hurt by storms? No. She knows whose daughter she is. She lives this. Strength and honor her clothing. 
She wears it easily. <laughs> this is good. I'm inspired. I'm not even a woman. Right? She opens her mouth with wisdom, and loving instruction is on her tongue. Does that sound like a mouse? Hmm. She watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. Well, that's not fair. I need to rest. But do you let your husband rest? Or if you're not married, is everybody else, are they lazy? But you deserve your rest, right? You deserve to not do anything. Her sons rise up and call her blessed. I think it's interesting it says sons. Sons, let moms, your sons often get up and go, Mother, I just want to bless you. Now they don't, right? Women, daughters tend to be more loving, especially as kids. Right, than the sons. They just do. Not always, but they do. That's important. So something about her gets her sons to even get up in the morning and call her blessed. Her husband praises, also praises her. Many women, I love it, and it quotes here. Who's it quoting? The king from the beginning. I'll get to that in a minute. But many women are capable, but you surpass them all. The husband praising her, saying, many women are capable, but you surpass them all. Her husband says that to her. Not because it's Valentine's Day. Not because it's her birthday. Not even to get anything from her. He can't help but say it because it's so true. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So how is this woman getting all this praise? It's not because she's beautiful. And it's not because she's charming. Though she is probably. But it's because of her fear of the Lord. Fear of the Lord always means someone who follows God doesn't mean you have to be like scared that God's going to kill you tomorrow. That's not the kind of fear. Awe. Give her, I love this, so 30, charm is deceptive, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. Who, (laughs) well, I don't like it. It doesn't matter if you like her because her, who she is, her actions, the way she's lived her life, it is impossible to not see it as good, to not praise it. The point of this isn't to, by the way, sit here and tell you all the areas you're failing, ladies. Now, you're going to say, Todd, this, a lot of this is about married people. Listen, that's culturally, right? Ladies back then, you pretty much had to be. But it's kind of like overseers, okay? In the Bible, overseers, when you see that in the New Testament, that's elders. And it says every, every man should aspire to be an elder. So what does that mean? Is every man going to be an elder? No. Why would God tell every man to aspire to the qualities of being an elder, a leader of the church. Why would he say that? Because men are created to be those things. Make sense? So ladies, you ready for this? It doesn't matter if you, you are created to be these things, single, these traits, this is who you are. This is what you were made to be. So whether you're married or not, you are to aspire to this. How do we know that? Because God says it. It's right here. He didn't have to include this. If this is the only part about women you get in the Bible, it's a patriarch book. Are you kidding me? This is incredible. So we're going to talk about that, right? We're going to talk about the traits. You going to throw that up for me, fellas? You got it? Here it comes. There we go. Traits of a queen and a standard bearer. What kind of woman is a Proverbs 31 woman? She, 31 woman. She's a queen. She's a standard bearer, right? It doesn't say, do all the women in the city act this way? No. But she doesn't care, and because of that, people notice her, look at her, and it makes them want to be different. She sets the standard and carries it. 
What if they don't come? That's not your job. Some of you throw your standard on the ground because no one else is coming. Maybe the battle got hard. Maybe they need to see it so they have somewhere to go. Where is the king? Where is the standard? And you just give up because everybody around you doesn't seem to care? Number one. Well, and I'm going to give you, verse 12 tells us this. She's trustworthy. Right? Verse 11 and 12, right? 11 says, the heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. The heart of her husband trusts in her. He trusts her in his heart. That's so funny. He's not choosing to trust her. He trusts her inside. Well, I'm not married. Okay. You should be trustworthy. It's not like only be trustworthy if you're married. That kind of person didn't magically become trustworthy. A woman of God, a queen and a standard bearer is trustworthy. When she says something, she does it. She's not acting apart. She's living a life. Trustworthy also means willingness to admit your failings. Otherwise, you're still a liar. You get what I'm saying? Some of you hide behind perfectionism. That's not being trustworthy. Trustworthy and interesting. He will not lack anything good. A trustworthy wife leads to a man not lacking anything good. Oof. I can speak into that. I'm a mistrusting person in general. Okay, I can say that in general. I'm sorry. I just admit it. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I have wounds too. I was raised a certain way. I mistrust things. Things happen in my life. So to me, it's like you can be beautiful. You can be all these things. You can be amazing. But if I can't trust you, how is that good? I'm living in anxiety, right? I'm living in worry. I'm constantly trying to read through the lies. Does that sound good? No. Number two, helps people be better. Inspires other people to be better. So we see this in 12, right? She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. That's interesting. She rewards him with good, not evil. All the days of her life. What kind of person is that? That's inspiring, right? I read that and I'm going, my goodness. Well, what about the days he's a jerk? What about the days that he doesn't appreciate your dinner? What about the days he's too tired to do the chore list you gave him? Mom. Man, some of you ladies, it's so funny, man. I've told some guys this. This is terrible. This is why people don't like me and think I hate women. I was like, dude, if I could take over your body... For 10 minutes of your marriage, right? I'm not going to, like, beat anyone or something. But I would just say, a lot of times I'd look at, my, look at you and go, uh, no. I'd just, just to say no to some of the wives. Go do this now or else. I choose or else. What's going to happen? You're going you're gonna to beat me up? I'm going to leave you, are you? Anyway. Inspires others to be better. Hardworking. There's a lot in here about hardworking, isn't there? 13 through 15, all of it talks about hardworking. Why is that? Hey, being a lady, you know, I, by the way, I guess I'm going to say this. It's, it's, marriage is beautiful. Marriage is beautiful. It's not wrong if you all a woman in this room aspired to be was a mother, right, and a wife, or a wife and a mother. That's a beautiful job. Is that hard work? Mm-hmm. It's hard work. 
It is hard work. You, have, if you, you cannot be a lazy person and run a good house. It, it's not possible. Hardworking. Four, she's a caretaker to those around her. Look at verse 15. She rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. And she said female. Right? How are they viewed? So, you ready for this? She serves the housekeeper. She serves the maid. She takes care of the maid. She takes care of the servant. She takes care of people around her. Provides food for them. That's a tangible thing. I'll pray for you. I'm really hungry. I'll pray for you. No. A woman of God, a standard bearer, goes and gets that sandwich if that's what it takes. She wants to meet the need. Do you do that? That homeless guy? Hey, can I have $2? And the protector means like, be careful. But no, no. I'll pray for you. I got to go to Starbucks. I got to get my large venti, sugar-free, skinny mocha or whatever. I don't know. Is that a real drink? No? Sierra, can I order that? No? Okay. (laughs) Caretaker those around her. Number five, this is interesting too, man. Verse 16 tells us she evaluates a field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. What kind of person evaluates a field? What does it mean to evaluate? You determine whether or not that field is worth it. Well, Todd, I'm not in real estate. It's bigger than that. Okay? It's not about being a businessman. It's about, or businesswoman, evaluates a field and buys it and then plants a vineyard for her earnings, with her earnings. Why would she plant a vineyard with her earnings? Hey, I got a thousand bucks. I'm going to go plant a vineyard. Why would she do that? Is it because she wants to drink a bunch of wine? What do you think the reason is? Profit. She's wise enough to, to th- it's not about the profit. She's wise enough to go, I'm not just going to blow this. I'm going to use it, invest it, and make something good come from it. Is that a wise person? It's the difference with someone that wins, you know, you've heard those stories. They win a million dollars, ten million, and they're broken. Five. There's some crazy percentage, by the way, of lottery winners. When they win earnings that they're broke within like five years. Completely broke. Isn't that crazy? She evaluates a field. Did you know God's called you to be wise? That God's promise in the New Testament that if we ask for wisdom, he will give it applies to you too? Some of you need wisdom, single ladies, to to stop picking goobers. I'm going to tell you that right now. I just can't, there ain't no good men in the world, and I'm looking at you over there with a pack of hyenas. I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you, there's a, some lions over here. Like, there's some kings. You could go over to that part. No, there's no good men. Like, walking in the seedy part of town, like, picking up drunks to go on dates with, you know. And, like, and you're like, I don't know why they won't take care of me. What? You know why? I'm going to tell you the same thing I tell men. You're afraid of a king. Some of you women don't want to date a good man. Don't, fr- don't lie to yourself. I almost said frickin', and that would have been bad, and then I said it anyway, right? You know why? You know why you date bad guys? Because you're intimidated by a king, because a king is not going to let you stay where you're at, and you know it. Are they rare? Absolutely. They're rare, but so are queens. They're out there. Ladies, some of you single ladies, stop settling because it's harder to find a good man. Some of you give up hope and you go around playing with these scrubs. You play with scrubs because you're not patient enough to wait for a king. And by wait, I mean you don't even try. You want the kings to just come, right? It's like a, 
It's like a dog, you know. That's what I'm talking about. Like how dogs come up, you know. I'm going to be real with you, right? It reminds me of like a dog in heat. You're waiting. Come here. Come here, boy. And you're just looking for these little dogs. A king doesn't do that. You know what I teach the men that I mentor? They'll tell you this. Before they ever go find a queen, they have to build their kingdom. What does that mean? They have to find a purpose in their life. They have to have their affairs in order before they bring a queen into it. I tell a man to not make a queen his life, to not make a woman his life, because it will not last. She cannot bear the weight of being his God. So if you're waiting for that kind of man, you're not going to find one of the guys that I call a king, because I tell them not do it. They need to find, I tell them to find a woman of substance, just like I tell you, to, to wait for a queen. Some of you confuse kings, ladies, single ladies, with men who do what you tell them to do. Or you're married and you stomp it out of your husband. If I was talking to husbands, I have it different. Quit letting them stomp it out of you, chumps, right? But anyway, ladies, stop doing that. Anyway, quit playing around with these scrubs. I don't want no scrubs. Scrub is no love from me, right? There's some wisdom there. What's the next line? Hey, you want him sitting in a passenger side trying to holler at me? Right? No, that's not the kind of guy you want, right? That, you, but weirdly enough, thank you, Father. That's the kind. Imagine that. That's the kind of person, the guy that's out there catcalling you. That's what you want because he makes it easy. No, quit it. Moving on. Be what? I don't went from wise to TL's. What is that? Is that TL? Who is it? Nice. Mm. All right. Number six, right? Verse 20 tells us. Let me verse 20. Her hands reach out to, I love this verse. Her hands reach out to the poor. I'll just be here if the poor come to me. No. She reaches out to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. Well, Todd, I don't see any poor people. Listen, it's the untouchables. You should go listen to that sermon because that's true. Jesus always looked for the untouchables, the people that society said is not worthy. Jesus went to them. He went to the leper. He went to the lame. He went to the sick. He went to the Gentiles. He went to the Romans. He went to everyone that they told him not to go to. Anyone in need, that's where Jesus went. That is what you're called to do. With wisdom. Because, ladies, you are different, right? There's men out there that will feign need. I'm not telling you, you can't fix all these scrubs. There I go again. You can't fix them. That's not, I'm not talking about being patient. You know exactly what a scrub is. There's a difference between a guy who is a good guy that's growing, because we all do, and one of them scrubs. Quit it. I got him. Stutzman. Guarantee. I'm just kidding. I woke him up. He goes, it wasn't me, Todd. Like... All right, verse 20, healthy, unfortunate, and needy, looks for the untouchables. Hey, number seven, noble. I love this word. I don't need to define this to you. What is noble? What is, if you say, we don't use this word much in society, that is a noble woman. What comes to your mind? This is one of those parts you can talk. You'll talk when I don't ask you to, Beth, and you love to talk when I don't ask you to. What's noble? Honorable. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, what else? Steadfast, faithful, what? Godly. What else? I love it. Loyal, respectable. Yeah, what else? dignified, kind. Listen to those words. You already know. She is noble in her bearing. What does that mean? If she walks through and she, she's, does she become what she's around? You get what I'm saying? Does she, does she conform to the crowd? No, you can't be noble and conform to the crowd because the crowd's not noble. The crowd kills Jesus. 
She's noble. Verse uh, 22 tells us that. All right? <clears throat> yeah. Verse 22 says, she makes her own bed coverings and her clothing is fine linen and purple. If you're a queen, if you truly were, I tell people to pretend this. There's nothing wrong with that. Play a game. What would you do in a given situation if you truly knew you were a daughter of the Most High King? How would you act in a situation? How would you act when someone, you know, would you lower yourself to their standard? You don't even have to be arrogant. The queen doesn't have to be arrogant. Do you know that? You see the Queen of England, she doesn't come off as arrogant. She just comes off like, listen, I'm the Queen of England. I don't need you to. <laughs> she doesn't lower herself. They don't even respond. You ever notice that? When I see a real, like, I've seen this with Queen of England. You know, people attack them sometimes, and then they don't, they go, the Queen thinks that everyone is kind and wants to take care of her people. She doesn't even address that. She doesn't lower herself. A standard bearer, a woman of God, a queen is noble. Number eight. She has a good reputation. Now, this can be dangerous because some of you are immediately like, well, I've already ruined mine. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Hey, the people that are going to stick around and remind you of your failings are not people you ought to be around anyway. What if I'm married to them? Sorry, it's too late. You've got to be around them. But that's my point. My point is good reputation, that can change today. Stop worrying about the things you've done wrong have a reputation that's focused on the things you do right. Remember, her works Her works are worth being praised. It doesn't say her failings. You think this woman didn't fail? Of course she failed. But nobody remembers that. They're going to remember the good that she does. She has a good reputation. Verse 23. Where's my notes? Turn it around. So, verse 23 says, Her husband is known at the city gates where he sits among the elders of her land. She has such a reputation. You imagine that? Wait, wait. You're so and so's husband? Yeah, you want to be on my board? Also, and this is so good, Jill. I could just do a whole sermon on this. That tells you what kind of man she's married to. Single ladies, talking to you, you say there's nothing for you here. What kind of man must she have married? That he is being put among the elders of the land, that he is a leader. She doesn't settle. She marries a king. Well, if I didn't marry a king, he doesn't act like a king. It doesn't matter. Now I'm going to flip the verse. Your reputation helps him. Number nine, char her character is invulnerable. I told you the other words. What does that mean, invulnerable? I had another word I had, untouchable, and I was like, I already used untouchable. Her character is vulnerable. What does verse 25 tell us? Well, let's look at that. Verse 25 says, strength and honor are her clothing, and she can laugh at the time to come. <clears throat> her character is untouchable. It's, it's one of those things that kind of goes along with noble. Like, who she is is, like, there's, there's nothing. What are you going to criticize? She's too helpful. She's too loving. She's too kind. I can't stand her. No one does that except weirdos, right? Her character's invulnerable. Her character's in such a way you can't really say anything bad about her, and if you do, you look stupid. You look silly. Her strength and her honor, she wears it so comfortably that it's, like, ridiculous when someone talks. Have you ever, I've been around a few times in my life where someone is insulting someone that is such a good person that you, that you just kind of go, have you ever done that? I've seen it a couple times. You're like, this is embarrassing. Right? They've embarrassed themselves by criticizing this other person. That's, that's what's happening here. Number 10, she is praiseworthy. Ooh, I like that. 
Does that mean she always gets praise? I hate to tell you, ladies, just like a good man isn't always told he's a good man, a good woman isn't always told she's a good woman. But guess what? That doesn't mean that she isn't praiseworthy. It doesn't say gets praises. It says her life is praiseworthy. It's deserving of it. Are you? Well, it's a cultural standard. No, it isn't. Kind is kind and loving is loving. And serve, uh, being a servant is being a servant. And being humble is being humble. Don't tell me, by the way, I'm going to talk to you married ladies, don't tell me that you love God and want to follow him when you don't want to submit and follow your husband. I already made some, don't tell me that. Assuming he's not telling you to like do something counter to the word of God, but don't tell me that because that's not, you can't do both things. They're mutually exclusive. You cannot say, I don't have to do that with my husband and oh, I love and honor God. It's impossible. We'll talk about that next week when we talk both sides of marriage. Single people, it's not just marriage. We're going to talk relationships, all that. Come, come check it out because I'm about to lose all of you. By the way, what a great series to invite people because it's stuff people want to talk about and you just don't bring them. What's wrong with you people? If you haven't invited one friend this week and you're a remnant person, for shame. Shame, shame. Anyway. <laughs> no condemnation in Christ. Oh, yeah. Character is invulnerable. Praiseworthy. Number 11, follows God. I have that in all caps. Follows God. That's interesting. Well, let's look at verse, right? Verse 30. Verse 30 tells us what? Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So in order, the reason they use fears the Lord, stay with me. I'm not, I know you're Christians. You've heard it all. Stay with me. This woman doesn't say she's a Christian. This woman doesn't just go to church. This woman fears the Lord. That means if you fear the Lord, you what? Respect his position, respect his power, believe he's real, which means you follow him. Your life follows Jesus. My Jesus. No, not your Jesus, the only one that exists, the Jesus of the Bible. Do you follow him? Because you can't be a queen and follow him. I don't care what the new saying is. Get it, queen. You ain't no queen. If you're not following Jesus, you're not a queen. You might have it in your bloodline, but you're not a queen. Follows God. That means you wrestle with the parts, even in this feminist, post-feminist world, that elevates you and says everything you do is right and everything men do is wrong. That's a fact. You don't ever have responsibility that you can go sleep around and then decide afterwards when you said yes, I meant no. And now what? He's in trouble. That happens. Think about it. Think about how creepy that is. What is that setting you up to be? Your God. Don't think about they're setting up your self-esteem. No, they're esteeming you. You are being, you are being focused on self-esteem. That's why it's like this. When you are esteemed by a holy God, when you know who you are in God, you don't need all that junk. It follows God. Number 12, and I love this. Her example points people toward God. How do I know that? Well, let's look. Verse 31 says, stay with me. Give her the reward of her labor. Well, remember, God, particularly in the Old Testament, but throughout the Bible, there's things that are cultural, there's things that are in the moment, and there's things that he's saying that's deep, right? What do you think that means? Give her the reward of her labor. What you do matters. Being a good woman matters even if right now you're not getting your reward. You will get your reward. It does matter. I love it. I've talked about C.S. Lewis a lot in The Great Divorce where he talks about what heaven could be like. 
he goes up. I've told this story before. It's such a beautiful, it's burned in my mind. And it's a woman. Everybody thinks I hate women. This scene involves a woman. And so we have the narrator who's being guided around. And the idea is it's C.S. Lewis. He gets to see him. He's being guided around by someone. And he goes, oh, my goodness, who is she? And he sees this incredibly beautiful, regal woman that is like people are following. Animals are following like Snow White. People are running up around. He goes, who? she had to have been like the Queen of England or something. He goes, oh, her? Mary? Oh, no, she, she was a, a, a single woman her entire life, poor. She didn't look like that now because that wasn't who she really was. He goes, that had to be a queen. Uh, that had to be, and he goes, well, she is, but down there they thought she was just the old woman that, you know, they made fun of her, and, but she also fed the homeless with the, gave them all her bread because she didn't have a lot for herself, but handed out bread. She took care of animals that were in need when no one was looking. She lived down by the docks in the bad side of town, but loved people. That's who she really is. God sees you. And just because the, the, the world doesn't reward it, eternity is a long time compared to this. I'll take the eternal over the temporary. Give her the reward of her labor and let her, wait, or her works praise her at the city. If you praise someone at the city, you're going to want to know more about them. They become a standard bearer. You want to be like them. They're leaders. And then you say, who is that person? Why are they like that? Oh, you didn't know? Oh, that's the daughter of the king. If she's like that, imagine what he's like. Her example in her life points people towards God. Even when no one's looking. Wives, is that how you are? If I saw video of your, the way you talk to your husband on a weekly basis, just this past week, if I took the worst moments for a second, who are you? Are you a woman whose works deserve to be praised at the city? Told you this is going to be hard to hear. Single ladies, how about you? If I take your moment, do, do, do people, if I take those, if you t- take a sample of your week randomly, are you nervous or like, go ahead, there's nothing to hide. How you treat people, how you talk to people. Does this sound like one that it's unrealistic? Do these traits sound unrealistic? Trustworthy, inspires people to be better, hardworking, caretaker to those around her, wise, helps the unfortunate and needy, noble, good reputation, characters and vulnerable, praiseworthy, follows God, her example. Is that unrealistic? Is that something, I don't want to be that? You don't want to be that? You, is that easy? Is it even possible on your own strength? No. But that doesn't make it impossible. Why? Well, a little book called Philippians tells me I can do all things through him who strengthens me, through Christ who strengthens me. You can do that's not just That's not just words. I'm going to let that sink in. Do you want to be a standard bearer for women, for men, for children? Do you want people to look around and go, that's the kind of woman I want? That's the kind of woman I want to be? Wives look at you and say, I want to be a better wife because of your example Single men say, that woman, oh, dude, they're scared to be with you because they know they're going to have to up their game just to be with you because it goes the other way around too. Some men go around and play around with women at the docks because they're intimidated by queens. And so the temptation is to lower your standards. No, you stay there and make a man climb the mountain. Wait for a king. So men, how can, we did this last week, how can men help the queens? How can they help them be standard bearer? How can they... (laughs) What an interesting thing. Here we go. Nice. That looks cool. Number one, stop glorifying pretenders and false models of femininity. You're going to like what I did there. Models. It's funny, man. I wonder how many likes on Instagram, how many views you give to these Instagram models versus the women who are sitting there talking about the Bible. Men, should I pull up your phones right now? 
Should I check your search history? We want to help, me too. We want to help women be better. Stop glorifying pretenders. Because all that's going to do is say, well, I guess I'll just cave because that's, the, that's where the men go, even the kings. And don't act like you don't. If I see one guy here going, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, okay, you know what I call you? I call you a white knight. You're a pretender. You pretend you're God's gift to women. No, you ain't. Stop glorifying pretenders and false models of femininity. Stop it. Stop giving it attention. Number two, give as much attention the other way to character as you do to bodies. Which women does everybody see you congregate around? Because some of them are not women of character. Number three, be stable. Stop flip-flopping. Stop talking about God one minute and going hanging out and sleeping with women at the bar the next. You think people don't know your secrets? They know. Women can sense your shadiness. And so once again, what does that make them want to be? Well, there is no good. There are no kings. There's no point. Like, we are called to set the standard. Are you a standard bearer that says that we can do this so that they stand beside you, even your sisters in Christ, not just the people you're interested in? Because it's funny. A lot of these pretend kings, you'll be kings with the women you're interested in, but to the rest of the women, eh. A king is a king regardless of who he's around and how it benefits him. And when a king's a king and helps the queens remember and have hope and be inspired. Number four, this is simple but much harder, love your wives. I don't need love your wives. When they're not acting like a queen, love your wives as an example to the other women around. Love your wives because you love God's image in them. Love your wives, not the way you do. I throw some money at her. Or her, her, I, you know, I don't know why she don't want to lay with me and sleep with me. I come home and get in the bed stinky and just roll on top of her and get off and that's it. Just jump off her and there I'm done. I'm sorry, I'm serious, guys. It's pathetic. Love your wives. Pursue your wives. Care for your wives. Not in just what's comfortable for you. Hey, number five, men, love your daughters. It's much easier for a girl to become a woman of God when she's loved as a girl. Love your daughters. Pursue them. Seek them. Show them what a king is. Show them. They say that, right? Show them what they deserve. Set the standard so high. Right? I'm about to cry at the end of my life. That's what I want to do for my daughter. I want to set the standard so high. Man, I hope, who cares? She can wait till ever. I want it to be so high that she doesn't settle for anything. Got a long way to go. Number six. Hey, single guys, why don't you marry a queen? Why don't you pursue queens? Because if you do enough, if all the lions and all the kings and all the good men are pursuing good women, then the other women are going to start having to reevaluate their lives and decide that maybe I should be different. But you know why you don't? You've been brainwashed too. And I'm going to put this down as a little bonus for you. It's a setup. I got to go quick. I told you, man, there's a lot in this stuff. You guys still with me? What do you think? Proverbs 31 men attract Proverbs 31 women. That's good. I could go way on here, and I, I can't go too deep into this because the whole section. I will give you a little bonus. It's not on here. A Proverbs 31 man is not a drunk. Why do I say that? Because there's a lot of secret alcoholics in the church today. And if you go read it, it'll talk about this before we get into Proverbs 31. It actually starts with a king telling his son, hey, leave the alcohol for the beggars. 
Leave the alcohol for the people not ruling. You have a responsibility, and that's going to cloud your mind and make it difficult for you to rule with good judgment. It's a power. Men, I'm telling you right now, you have been lied to, and you skipped Proverbs 31, 1 through 9. There's some good stuff. It made me want to stand up and give like a Braveheart cry, right? It makes me want to be a king. Go read this. But Proverbs 31, men, attract Proverbs 31, women. So what is, men, we're going to keep going. So continuation. What is a Proverbs 31 man? Well, let's look at Proverbs 31, 8 and 9. All right, you got that up for me? Great. Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. If you're a guy in this room and that section doesn't inspire you, Lionheart, how did we miss this? Right? That is so good. So what is that? Well, let's think about it. I can take a lot from that. All right? This is still how to help women to be a Proverbs 31 man. Remember, I'm, I told you I'm going to shift gears. I'm going to give you a little nugget to make you want to come back next week. So Proverbs 31 man, listen, what does that mean? You won't believe this, and I'll still wrap it up. Watch me. You ready? Got a clock on? I'll get it together. Number one, a Proverbs 31 man, I put it, see that question mark, Luke, because it's like, what? Proverbs 31 man? That, that's real? Yeah. Courageous. Men. You're called to be a standard bearer. Proverbs 31 shows you the standard bearer of being a man too. It reminds us again before it says that, by the way, who gets Proverbs 31 women? Who gets to marry them? Kings. Because the section before is a king talking to a prince. What does a prince become? It becomes a king. And then right after that section, it says, let me tell you, right? Right after the section where the son is talking, this is so cool. Verse 9 is where he's talking about, hey, be a, you know, my son, don't do this, don't do that, defend the press and needy. And the next verse he says, right after 9, 9 is, speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Right after that, he says, who can find a capable wife? She's far more precious than jewels. There's so much good here. A good king needs a good queen, Okay? Doesn't need it, but it helps, right? And only a king gets a queen. Okay, so Proverbs 31, man. One, he's courageous. How do I know that? He speaks up for those who have no voice. He speaks up. He judges righteously. He defends the cause of the oppressed and needy. That takes courage. The dispossessed, that's a powerful word we don't use now, that, that, that's been thrown away, right? That have nothing. He goes to them. Do we do that in our community, men? That's something I've been convicted about, man. Do we go into the Whitley County community and find the dispossessed? The people that have nothing anymore, and do we help them? We wait for them to come to us. Two, stands up and speaks up. I put that up. Listen, hey, you quiet guys. Well, I'm just a, I'm a quiet guy. Well, then don't be a king. You can't rule. You don't have to be a loud mouth like me, but you have to speak up and you have to stand up. Speak up. What do you mean? Speak up. Speak up. He says it twice. If God has to repeat it, we should probably take it serious. Quit justifying, not speaking up, not using your words because you're an introvert. Who made that up? It's not in the Bible. Stands up and speaks up. I know that some of you, if, I, if you think I'm talking about you, I am. Start speaking up. Speaking in the lives of your children. Speaking in the life of your wife. Single guys, speak up. You don't have to be a loud mouth. Sometimes the quiet men, when you speak up for justice, when you speak up for what's right, people listen because they're not used to you talking. So they go, man, if, he, if it made this guy talk, this is important. Sets a standard of righteousness and holiness. I love that. Judge righteously. That means he's judging what's righteous and holy. He sets the standard. 
right? I'm not going to let this slide. I'm going to call it out. I won't be a part of it. Do you do that? Easy, easy question. What do you like at work? Easy answer. What do you like at work? Fellas? What do you like when you're not at church? What do you like on your sports teams? Defends the weak. It's one thing to say you defend the weak. It's another thing to defend the weak. Everybody says they do. I don't need a man that goes defend the weak. Well, you think you can defend the the weak by sitting in the corner? Defend is what? Ready? It's an action word. It's a verb. It takes action. Move, men. Move. Quit using your bitterness. Some of you all are bitter old men. You ain't even old yet. Some of you are old and you're bitter. Either way, you're bitter old men. Oh, boy. Josh, find it now. Kill it. I'm just kidding. (laughs) See, that's rebellion. Someone intentionally didn't do that. Anyway, moving on. I'm just kidding. I love you. Number five, fights because you're going to defend the weak. You defend the weak, you defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. How do you defend the cause of the oppressed and needy? you got to go to them. I, you stand in front of them and say, you're not getting to them. You fight for them because they can't fight for themselves. How do I know? Because they're oppressed and needy. If they could fight for themselves, they wouldn't be oppressed. You understand what I mean? Men, quit talking the talk. Walk the walk, but also talk the talk. Listen, she's going to come play some music very briefly. She's going to do it very briefly when I stand down, when I come off here, right? And here's the thing. Ladies, coming back to you. Todd, what happened when we were talking about girls and men? I told you this is my style. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you a little nugget, guys, because next week it's going to be both of us, all of us. Ladies, are you a standard bearer for God? Can you honestly stay? You hold the standard, and you let, like, no one follows me. Someone will. Do you hold it high in the air? just on Sundays do you hold the standard of what he has made you to be as a woman or do you let culture define it do you let your natural tendencies define it boy we have been lied to in the church too God made me this way God didn't make me to be a jerk so if I can't be a jerk you can't be what controlling you can't be a bully women there's just as many bully women as there are men I've watched you bully men you want to know how I know you're a bully too you don't bully me anymore. You don't bully the guys that don't take it. But I watch you go over and tear down other men because they let you. Who cares if they let you? The only people that deserve your respect are men that will stand up to you. That sounds ridiculous. Though, man, you should stand up. Do not physically do anything. That's not what I'm saying. You'll twist it. Do you let the standard of what he has made you to be as a woman or do you let culture redefine it? And it is redefining because God already defined it. Do you look down on the traits of a godly woman? You call them weak and pathetic, old-fashioned. Have you let your hurt and bitterness make you hate these beautiful traits? You've been so hurt and wronged. You live in a culture, it doesn't treat you good. It doesn't. And so you've become this thing that deep in your heart you don't want to be. Do you justify your behavior by blaming the behavior of men? man would just be better, I'd be better. My husband would just be a better husband, I'd be a better wife. No, follow God. Man, do you complain about the lack of quality women in the world while you keep rewarding pretenders and Instagram models that aren't wearing any clothes? Do you? How much money do you give to OnlyFans? If I look at your bank account, oh, you don't think Todd knows about that? Yeah, I told you, I ain't as old as I look. Maybe I am, I don't know. How much money? 
You see, isn't it sad that even in a room filled into church, I can say that and know statistically somebody in this room is doing it or has done it. What does that say about what you're rewarding? Why would, what are you, I mean, think about that. Do you complain about the lack of Proverbs 31 women while not pursuing being a Proverbs 31 man? Do you hide behind a mask? It goes for all of you. Do you want to be king, the kings and queens God has made you and called you to be? Do you want to be the standard bearers of his design? Or do you want to continue to be what? A faceless and nameless part of the crowd? I don't, I don't want to be that. And if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus, you know your Jesus, there isn't a your Jesus. There's Jesus. And maybe you're in this room and you say, I'm not a king or queen. I'm nobody. This guy don't want what you want. That's because you haven't come to the end of yourself yet. The gospel is really simple. I'm going to make it even more simple than I normally do. God made you to be a king or queen. He made this life perfect. And we rejected it for our own form of what? Our own form of life, our own form of being, our own paper mache crowns. We exchanged the gold eternal crowns of God, of our Father, for made up plastic cheap ones of our own design. You want to know why life isn't, isn't fulfilling, why life isn't the way it's supposed to be? Because you are living in a way you weren't made to be. It's like a tree without water and a flower without sun and like a fish on land. You are slowly dying even if you don't know it yet. You are lonely and broken and miserable and you cover it with anger and, and arrogance and money and sex and all of the things that you think will bring you life. And every single day, the reason you're really mad and you're really sad is it doesn't fill it. There's only one place to go to get filled. We have to be in a relationship with our Father. And because we've sinned and chosen against Him, sin is not just all those dumb things you do. Those are symptoms of a deeper issue. That's why religion can't fix you. I'm not worried today about telling you how to live a better life. I'm trying to tell you how to live, how to be alive again. And if you're alive again, you'll live a better life. The Bible says that we're storing up wrath for ourselves. That we've sinned against the holy God. That we are his enemies. It doesn't matter how good of a person you think you are. You are an enemy of God. If you reject being his child. So how do we get back? Jesus of Nazareth existed. He was born. God made flesh. God came down when we couldn't come to him to bring us to him. He showed us how to live. He reminded us of who we really are. He healed people do you realize that he didn't just heal them for them? He healed them for you to remind you of the promise he has for you that whether he heals you now or whether he heals you in the future, the healing's coming. There will be a day when there's no more crying, no more tears, no more pain. And in that day, everything you've given up, everything you've sacrificed, everything you've had to walk through will be worth it. But you have to be willing to come home and reject, throw away your paper mache crowns, your plastic toys. You have to be forgiven for your sins. And you have to be, not only that, you have to be transformed into who you were. How do we do that? Well, Jesus died on the cross for your sins to pay the punishment for your mistakes, but then he did something amazing. He gives you the opportunity to be transformed. He takes your sin and gives you the benefits of his life. He lets you be holy because he was holy. Well, how do you do it? The Bible says if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, that he is who he said he was. If you confess your sins, you admit your need, today you can live for eternity.
you can't walk out of here today 1,000% that if your heart stopped or you got hit by a van that you're going to heaven, friends, I ask you, talk to him right now. Don't take my word for it. Ask him to show himself to you in the brief minutes you have because he's a living God. Consider what I'm saying. I don't care if you've been at the remnant for 10 years. If you can't say that if you died today, you'd be in the presence of the Lord, that you'd be with him in paradise, don't leave here until you make that right. Whatever you do, there'll be people up here willing to pray with you about any and all those things. Whatever you do, don't leave here the same as you came in because if you do, you are choosing.